This episode is sponsored by the Farm Drinkery. Best dive bar in the corner of a strip center on Champion Forest Drive in the Weta in Spring, Texas. 22 local beers on tap and world-famous wings. Come for the great atmosphere, stay for the free high five. Use the code BEERNERD20 to get 20% off your bill. I want to know what you're thinking. There are some things you can't hide. I want to know what you're feeling. Tell me what's on your mind. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Negative. Uh, we're back again. I keep always saying that we'll be back soon, and then we take breaks. <laughs> we'll take a break, and then we'll be back, and then I'm like, yeah, we're going to come back. And then we take another hiatus, and you know what? We're back when we're back. There's no schedule. There is no schedule at all. We're, we're on that Vince McMahon timeline of doing whatever we want whenever we can. So that's just how exactly. it is. Yes, but we're back. <laughs> I am your host, Aaron, and I'm joined by the one and only Forbidden Doof. Uh, you know, I was trying to come up with something clever, and you know, I just all I did was replace the letter. I'll be honest. It's okay. I, I came up with the off limits window, so <laughs> I, I, I it gave me a mental giggle when I saw that. <laughs> but and we are joined by nobody because this is basically just us talking, recapping the Forbidden Door pay per view. Uh, no, normally we either will either have Robert or we'll have Clay join us, but uh, this is kind of last minute <laughs> <to> throw together <laughs> to just to crank out an episode, and so we're gonna be covering Forbidden Door, and also something that we've both been playing recently, and that's uh, pretty much a throwback to our childhoods. Oh uh, my god, you ain't kidding, man! The TMNT Shredder's Revenge that hit, I think, all systems recently. Oh, or almost dude. all systems. I don't know. But we've been playing on an Xbox. I've had friends play it on PlayStation 5 or PlayStation. Everybody's having fun with it. And we're going to kind of talk about that and just that whole game because that's that's also a lot of fun as well. So before we get into that, sir, how are you doing? I'm doing well, man. I, uh, I'll be honest with you. I have been burning the candle at all 17 ends recently in regards to art. Uh, and this is not me complaining. It's just me being open and honest. Like I literally... Every day, day in, day out, has been drawing uh, these cards for these sets and in hopes of getting ahead, and they keep sending me more work. I'm literally in the middle of a tornado of due dates and, like, assignments. Uh, and in the midst of that, trying to stay relative with the collectors, so uh, relevant with the collectors. So it's been it's been interesting, man. But like you said, we've had time to squeeze in wrestling and some, res- and some gaming, which if any of you have listened, no, I don't generally have much time for that. But with this game in particular, I had to make time. Yes. And yeah, especially with this game in particular, uh, I know you've been burning the candle at all ends to be on demand. I mean, you, you're doing the card thing. Uh, I'm dealing with a lot of things at work and my, at my normal job. And when I come home, it's uh, I get rid of my uh, my design hat and I put on my uh, my Lurch Butler hat and uh, take care of things here. So Lurch Butler hat. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. AKA the daddy hat. Is that what you're saying? Sure. Let's go with that. <laughs> <clears throat> Let's go with that. Aww. Let's definitely go with that. So, uh, but yeah, Turtles game came out recently. Shredder's Revenge. 
that this game had a lot of hype already to it just because of the look of the game because it was very reminiscent of the turtles arcade game super throwback yeah turtles in time if you had that super nintendo if you had the uh sega uh the genesis you there was think was the them manhattan project? power stone no no man i think manhattan project was nes i think it was the, oh, okay. the power stones or the gemstones or whatever for the sega genesis one. Oh, that's uh, right that's right that's it was something right. like it was something like that but yeah. basically this is a big throwback uh to all those fans but this is, but that's not the only thing that made this game stick out. What made it stick out was that you could play up to six people at one time. Well, when you hear that, you're like, well, there's four turtles. Who else can you play as? And that's where <laughs> people, again, got all hyped up again. You can play as Splinter. You can play as April. And because of screenshots of a leaked game, uh, people saw that you could play as Casey Jones. But... Casey's not available at the very at the uh, very first screen. He's not. You have to earn Casey. And it's how do you earn? It's always a rub. How do you earn Casey? You got to beat the game to unlock him. Which sons is of bitches. challenging enough as it is, which is very challenging. So we we got to play together for a little bit. I got to play with the guys at Three Bam at Three Beers and a Mic podcast. I've been playing here and there at home. When I'm not playing Call of Duty with the Godzilla armor, so <laughs> yeah, so That's awesome. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. So what's what? What are your what's your first take on it? Like, like what my first thoughts? my first thoughts honestly were it, it literally did take me back to when I would have that uh, the original arcade game uh, at the Sellers Brothers. My mom would go uh, grocery shopping at, and mm-hmm. she would give me like two bucks and quarters or a buck and quarters, and I'd make this last. I'm like, oh okay, so like. Of course, I had my ass whooped. I wouldn't get it past like the second level or whatever. It's on the kid, right? But then, fast okay. forward. Okay, which get... version were you playing? Were you playing the first arcade game with the fire in the apartment building, or were you playing uh, Turtles in Time, the arcade? Yeah, no, it was the first one. It was the okay. first one. Yeah, and uh, it was just fond memories, man. And this game literally brings all of that to the forefront. I love the fact that we have a next gen console that's giving us the best possible bit rate you can get on these, like. Was it 32 bit or 16 bit graphics? 32 bit graphics. 16 bit, yeah. It's it's awesome, man. It brings back all the good memories of those games. Oh yeah, most definitely. Uh, So, like, who's your pick? Or have you? Well, first of all, have you got to play as everybody yet? Uh, The only person I haven't used yet, I think, has been uh, Michelangelo. Okay. Yeah, and that's not because that's not a calculated move. I just literally hadn't had a chance to use him yet. Okay, I, I've played it a little bit with almost everybody except for Wrath, um, because one of the achievements in the game, or one of the point systems in the game, is to get everybody leveled up to level 10, or to, to get everybody maxed out. And uh, level 10 is the highest amount. Um, I've leveled up to 10 with Mikey. I'm at <clears throat> 8 with Leonardo. I'm at 6 with Donatello, and everybody else, I'm at two or three except for raf he's still at zero so i'm slowly building it up i'm slowly building it up uh with with this game and so far my favorite uh is a tie between uh, donatello and a tie between leonardo just because of donatello's reach and when he when he he does a special move it sucks people in to hit him extra uh extra amounts and with leonardo when he does his double jump air attack, mm-hmm. he's, he turns into a cyclone. So you don't you don't have to keep hitting the button to do a slashing attack. 
he turns into a cyclone, which automatically knocks people down if they're uh, if they're on the ground. So they're di they're different elements. Um, with Mikey, his combo system, when if you get him up against the wall, is mm -hmm. insane. I there's an achievement in this game for hitting a 250 hit combo. Oh my and god! I hit it with Michelangelo because he just I got I got a foot soldier in the corner. Are two of them in the corner, I just, and I just kept popping them like Tekken style, just up in the air to get those. Please combo tell hits. me you were screaming out "Come back, cold cuts!" the whole time. You <laughs> I was, nice. I was, and uh, when they when the kids saw what I was doing, they're like, "Wait, are you going to go for it?" I'm like, "Well, mainly Gwen, are you going to go for it?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to go for it." And they and they started watching. They're like, "Okay, you oh, like, oh, you're, you're at 120. Oh no, oh, you're you're at 150." And then Jenny came in and started watching. I'm like, "What are you doing?" I'm like. If I hit 250, I get an achievement. So I ended oh, up hitting yeah. I ended up hitting 262 before the, the foot soldier finally just fell down and wouldn't bounce and nothing happened. <clears throat> I'm like what? I'm like, what? I just wasted like five minutes getting the combos and nothing happens. Seriously. Oh no. So I exit and go to the main menu, and as soon as I hit the main menu, then it pops up. The little achievement thing pops up. Oh, so, okay. You had to register it then. Apparently so. I had to register it. So, but I did That's get that awesome. achievement, and it was really cool because Mikey pops those combos. Um, so, if you want to get that one achievement, use Mikey to, okay. to get it, because <clears throat> he'll, he'll just juggle them in the corner and just keep doing it, and you'll 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 get that uh, achievement. And like, is there any carryover <laughs> for to get those combos? Because like, these foot soldiers don't last long enough. You can't beat one guy up to two fifty. Like, you just got to be swarmed. Then no, I, no, it, it was just two soldiers. I just had them up against the one. I kept. You ever play Killer Instinct? When you got Way somebody like up, day, yeah. like up in the corner, you just keep hitting and you keep popping them in the air. Even after the match is over, you just keep hitting them because until oh. they hit the ground, the game won't end. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, so it's kind of right. so it's kind of like that. So it, this was in the stage I want to say it was Baxter's Lab, where there's an area oh. where um, it go it narrows from a hallway into like a bigger room. And mm -hmm. I was able to kind of back up two, two foot soldiers to the top corner of the main room where it still faced the hallway where they were trapped. And okay. with Mikey, his combos are so fast that I just kept hitting the, the button over and over and over. And as soon as the, my combo would end, they'd be up in the air. And I would start it over again. They would just keep hitting the same five hits, five hits, That's five awesome. hits. But because uh, two of them in the air doing it, it was, it was like reading 10. Uh, hits per combo or 10 hits per uh, uh, attack combo or attack hit. So, oh, okay. So, yeah, it, it took about five minutes, but you know what? I got it and it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool to get that achievement. That's awesome. So, like, I mean, I wish I had enough time to play games to where I could go and be like the trophy guy and, you yeah. know, trophy hunter. But, man, like, <laughs> this game just, when I first put the first time I played it, honestly, I used Splinter. So, I was okay. like, you can be Splinter? What the hell? So yeah. I literally. Played him, and I, you know, everybody has their own little attributes on the start of the screen. Yeah, it says he's slow, but like that doesn't matter, man. Like he, he's uh, he's, he's powerful. He's really good. He is, yeah, he's super powerful. powerful. He, he's a little slow, but his his attacks are strong. Because yes. I took him straight to the end to beat the game, mm -hmm. and I only had to use a special maybe about four times to beat Krang. And then, oh, wow, yeah, uh, yeah, Splinter's powerful. He, he he's a he's a powerful uh. Uh, character, um, uh, but awesome. the thing, but the thing with this game is that there's so many little Easter eggs. There's so many little, just fan service moments and everything. Which and I had like, no idea about. 
and there's like double team moves. You can high five your person. You can revive your person if they fall down. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I did not <clears> know that. That's insane. Th- there, there's air specials. There's your regular special attack. There's uh, sweeping. There's the charge attack. I mean, Michelangelo even does a little like bicycle kick like Liu Kang does in Mortal Kombat. It's, what? Yeah, yeah, there's a video. Somebody put together a video of all the, um, ins- the fighting game inspirations that the Turtles use. And one of the things that gets used is that um, Michelangelo does the bicycle attack uh, via yes, a la Liu Kang. You know, like Raphael does like the uppercut from like Ken and Ryu. Uh, oh, yeah, Michael- he does. Huh? Michelangelo does like the head kick where he hit jump kicks someone down and it pops up in the air and j- visit it again. Kind of like uh, Chun Lee does. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And then, and then Splinter does like the up kick like uh, Yoon or Yang from Street Fighter Third Strike. So there's like all these like Easter eggs from other video games that are like thrown in there. Uh, and even Casey Jones has a has a Easter egg or a throwback to uh to uh Smash Brothers, where if you do his charge attack, where you like, you know you press and hold your main attack button, mm-hmm. uh, he puts a golfing cap on and he, he uses a golf club to hit your person or hit to hit the opponent, like Peach does in Smash Brothers. <laughs> That's so. freaking awesome. I can't wait to play with him, man. The my my wonderful <clears throat> wife got me the special edition like steelbook and everything. Oh, nice. Which I think he is a DLC that comes with it. Like you get a code just to download him well, or whatever. But like, man, cool. like this, I won't get that thing forever. <laughs> it's not coming into like next year. Nah, you'll, you'll get it eventually. But I mean, yeah, there's so many Easter eggs of this game. Uh, so many villains, references. Uh, the taunts are, are hilarious. Some of the taunts. Yeah, you are showed so me funny. that too. I didn't know you could <clears throat> even do that. Yeah, yeah. If you do the taunt, that gives you a that gives you the power to do one of your special abilities. So what you do is after you clear a screen, do your taunt to get your powers back, and then use it on the next room. Do the taunt again, get your powers back, and just you know repeat, rinse, wash, repeat. So I gotta be honest that, with you, like yeah, when when that when that uh, tutorial screen came up, I did not want to sit there and try to figure out every <laughs> freaking button combination. There's no way. Yeah, it, it's difficult, but. Um, doing that makes the game funner. It, it does make the game kind of fun. So oh, yeah, it's a blast. It definitely adds to it. And uh, like, and when you start discovering like the combo attacks, like the 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 um, remember in the Simpsons arcade game where if you choose two characters, you're playing with somebody, mm-hmm. you can do like a uh, like a double attack. Oh yeah, I think. Well, that happens in here too. That happens in this game as well. Oh my god. And I've only seen a few of them. Like I know um, Splinter will grab a turtle and throw it like a fireball across the screen. <laughs> Uh, the turtles will do like a shell, like a back-to-back shell attack, like like a secret like movie when they did it. Yeah, like yeah, for the, like from the movies. So that's freaking awesome. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I've already, like I said, I've beaten the game with Splinter and I beat the game with Mikey. And uh, yeah, it's just a fun game. Over. Well, listen, and, here's a serious question. Yes. If you if you are Vanilla Ice and you're not in this game, are you upset? Uh, I'm not yet because. I've listened to a lot of the interviews that the creators of this game have given out. They've done a few interviews. Yeah. Because I went looking for, like, you know, am I missing any of the Easter eggs? Am I missing any of the references that sure. are in this game? And because they got everything in there. They got stuff from, like, like the wooden planks from Turtles in Time were on the ship. Those mm-hmm. like, creaky boards are in this game. Yeah. Uh, you've got so many. The, the, the pizza monsters are in here. Uh, now they look different, but they are in here. So yeah. I went look. I went looking for if I'm missing more references or, e- or Easter eggs, and I discovered some um, 
uh, interviews that the creators did. And what this, because and the one questions they get asked about is are uh, our DLC character no. skins, additional characters, or levels. And one of the things that they said was that with the, with the character skins, they can't really do that because each drawing that was digitized took months and months to do. So mm. just just to do one skin would take them, or for them to do two skins, they said it would take them almost a year to do, to draw it out, draw the animations, do all the different <clears throat> things. And honestly, they said that it's too much for them to handle. For, okay. for for DLC characters or levels, that's a different playing field because they, they said that they've already got animations for characters that they wanted to put in, but they didn't put in. And uh, that, that raised the question, well, who else would you want to be in there? And the guy made the comment, and one of the creators, I forget his name, but he made the comment that it would be cool to see Usagi Ojimbo in there. So dude. If we do get any more of this game, uh, because this this has become a big hit over the weekend. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if we got Usagi, if the frogs are playable, uh, maybe the neutrinos, since they've already got animations for them. They've already got this character designs and the animations for them because they're in the game. Sure. Um, I wouldn't want to play as Irma. I wouldn't want to play as Vern. And I wouldn't want to play, play as Burn. So, uh, but the neutrinos, the frogs, definitely Kino. Usagi Ojimbo. <laughs> Dude, if we got Kino in this game, that would be, be sick. Yeah. If if we got Mondo Gecko in this game. Oof. Dude, Ace Duck. Be, Ace Duck, Ray Filet, you know, oh any of God. the old uh, uh, Mutagen Man, any of those old characters, even villains. Yeah, yeah. Even villains. Um, it'd be great. I mean, we Metal could have Head. Cyber Cyber Shredder. Metalhead's in this game. Oh, he's a Mondo uh, character? The, yeah, the, I'm talking about like the, the robot turtle, right? Isn't that Metalhead? That's Metalhead. Yeah, and he's in the game. We, we oh, is that one of the ones you... Oh, okay. We well, I guess I haven't yeah, reached yet. You... No, no. You went to go get pizza, or you were dealing with the, the pizza setup when me and Abel were playing. Oh, uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you the story of how... of how Or why you fight Metalhead, but yeah, you do fight him in there. Okay. Well, I mean, it makes sense. But, but Metalhead would be a fun character to play as, you know, to you know, have him joining your side. Yeah, uh, of course. That'd, that'd, be pretty, that'd be pretty fun. But yeah, yeah. the game is fun. Um... A lot of Easter eggs, a lot of throwbacks. I mean, basically, like holding a pizza slice in front of your fallen comrade to revive him is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> the fact that Mikey's taunt is him dancing from the opening animation of the cartoon is is even classic. That's wicked, that's, yeah. That that that's gold. Yeah, hell yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just so much. So much love was given to this game, and it shows. It definitely shows. Uh, I've played it with my kids. Uh, I get to play it with Jin for a little bit. Uh, the game's a lot of fun. You can play it on the couch or you can play it online. Either or. So That's awesome. I'm highly recommending it. Uh, you're probably going to highly, highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, it's just a fun game. Just a, a real fun game. Real fun game. So, yeah, if you've got any love for the old school games uh, in, in the side-scroller uh, style from the turtle games, these, this is going to be right yeah. up your alley. And like I said, don't now. sleep... Don't sleep on Mikey. Don't sleep on him. He, uh, yeah, he, he, he's got the combo. He, like, you know, especially in his, uh, when you do the charge and, uh, you do the slide where he spins mm-hmm. in the shell, uh, oh, that, that starts opening up the combos for you. So nice. don't, don't sleep on Mikey. So, uh, 
But jumping from that to the other part of this episode tonight, we're going to talk Forbidden Door. We watched a pay-per-view at your place, which I was just alluding to. Uh, We got there early. We got to play some Turtles before the pay-per-view started, and we watched it. Uh, I know we were were all hyped for this because we do watch New Japan. Um, Mm -hmm. With all the time I saved by not watching Raw or SmackDown, I get to invest in New Japan. I get to watch AEW, and I get to watch uh, a lot of times uh, either MLW or uh, Impact. Depending mm-hmm. on the uh, what time of it, what what time I do have, when I'm not, when mm-hmm. I'm not watching, you know, really bad horror movies. <laughs> so, uh, it was a lot of fun. Got to hang out with a lot of friends. Uh, got to watch some some wrestling, some fun wrestling, and just have a good time. Just have some good time. So we're gonna kind of yeah. do what we normally do. I'll name a match. Uh, well, I'll, I'll name who won, and then we'll kind of talk about it to see you know, what our thoughts of this match was. Uh, if we watched it, or if we were paying attention, or if we weren't. So, <laughs> hey, some, hey, I'm not going to lie. There's some parts I'm like, um, I'm checking out for a little bit. So, Sure, sure. It happens. It definitely happens. So, on the pre-show, we started off with The Factory, which is Aaron Solo and QT Marshall. Hey, those guys are still alive. Versus... Goto and Yoshihashi from New Japan. They're the opening act. And for me, QT Marshall came out looking like 1998 rock with tights, <laughs> the haircut, the, the, the elbow pads. He looked just like him. I'm not even going to try to front. He looked just like him. Uh, My guess is, is he was thinking if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Pretty much. But uh, Goto and uh, Yoshihashi won that match. They beat him. By pinfall. Uh, oh, so, what yeah. were your thoughts on what were your thoughts on this match as an as an opener? This was the opener. Well, you know, I mean, it's uh, like you go to a restaurant, and most restaurants have like cheese sticks to start off with. You know what I mean? Yep. Uh, I can honestly say, after all the restaurants I've been to, not all cheese sticks are created equal. And so, <laughs> uh, the uh, the the factory cheese sticks not that great, and they really have been. They're not my really not really my cup of tea. And I think I, I think I even told you like I'm not sure what's going on here because like I don't know. Like I know I watch New Japan like when I would go to, like when I go to bed like my wife goes yeah. to bed before I do yeah and it'll be on and I'll watch it a match or two before I go to sleep but yeah. uh, I didn't recognize these guys and one of them I said was like the Japanese Gambit because he came out with a bow staff yeah because he came out with bow staff yeah and I, and I had to tell you well his gimmick used to be that he was the Monkey King because he would have like the Dragon Ball Z type vest with the puffy pants uh-huh. that, and that's uh, Yoshihashi and that was Yoshihashi uh, why did so, he change it. <clears throat> I think he changed. I think he changed to match his uh, tag team partner oh, to match, okay. match Goto, because Goto usually normally wears just basic shorts. He normally okay. just wears shorts, so I think he kind of changed his gear to match his tag team partner, mm-hmm. which might not have been the best, because when you look at Yoshihashi, especially when he's carrying that staff, he looks like the Monkey King. He he definitely does, especially with the blonde hair that he has. So oh, okay. Yeah, and to your point, like you said, there are a couple of times you might have checked out a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. I was kind of in and out of this one as well. Uh, okay, that's fine. And so, because I didn't have any, like, a quote-unquote dog in the race. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, oh that, okay. Are, that's perfectly oh, fine. Um, I think my takeaway, I watched this match. My takeaway from this match is that uh, Aaron Solo is hugely underrated and should be in the mid-card feuding for the mid-title somehow. 
Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, I can't disagree with that. Yeah. Yoshihashi for someone his age and what he's done and what he's contributed to wrestling. He should have been more in, I guess, more of a ring general or more of involved with this match to kind of direct it where it needs to go. But uh, uh, out of all the people, Aaron Solo was the breakout for me. Um, so that's what that's, that was. That's what that was my takeaway from it. It wasn't a bad match. It was a, it was a decent opener. It got the crowd kind of hyped up. It got them, you know, psyched for more when they started doing the high flying stuff. And when yeah. uh, QT Marshall started, you know, jab into the crowd uh, to get him worked up, and, and it worked. Uh, sure. it, it was a decent opener. It was a decent opener. Yeah, so, I, I'm inclined to agree with that. Now, I think I also agree with you about Aaron Solo. Uh, only thing I would say differently about Aaron Solo is that he it could be a solid mid Carter guy. He could. He has no personality, man. He needs a gimmick, not just Mr. X uh, Bailey. That everybody uh, he he does need a gimmick. And I think one of the, I think he, he, he's never really done anything to give himself a gimmick. I know he like, he cameos or he, uh, he's a part of uh, Sammy's vlog and that's kind of it. He hasn't really done anything for himself to get a gimmick over, to do anything. QT can rile up the crowd just by acting like he's going to punch a fan, you know, really sell the heel. But Aaron Solo is just kind of there just to yeah, like he's he, kind of floating around. He's kind of like Mustafa Ali. Talented, but no, uh, but he's yeah. uh, dry chicken. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing there. He, he, there's just nothing there. So that was that match. Okay. Next okay. match. Kind of surprised me because it's two AEW guys, but these are two big kind of monsters, you know, homegrown, not homegrown monsters, but kind of like. To just two monster-themed uh, wrestlers. We had Lance Archer versus Nick Camarado. And Nick Camarado looks like Bruiser Brody. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was also saying, he came, when he came out, I was like, get those nerds! Like, you might see that <laughs> maybe from the... Oh, uh, uh, what's his name? I forget it. I forget I can't it. think of his... I can't... Not Booger. Booger was on the nerd side. Yeah. Ogre, ogre, ogre. That's right. Yeah, like okay. yeah, he look, he, yeah, he he does look like ogre from uh, Revenge of the Nerds. Yes. And then Lance Archer is the Murderhawk monster too, who was in New Japan, and then came over to ROH for a little bit, and then went to AEW. So yeah, and they were they were talking about as part of the Suzuki Goon. Yeah, as part of Suzuki Goon. Yeah. So, so I guess that's where your Forbidden Door quote unquote comes in. I yeah. Suppose. So honestly, I felt this match should have been, should have been the opener to get the crowd really hyped. Yeah. Have two big guys just slug it out in the ring and just beat the hell out of each other. Agreed. Just just do that. Just have them slug it out and beat the hell out of each other for whatever time limit they were given. And Lance Archer won. Uh, I know uh, either you or Abel said that when Lance Archer walked the type rope and did the moonsault, you're like, oh, wow, that's crazy. I'm like, yeah, he always does that. That's what he's been doing since Taker retired. I think Abel said that because I, I, I've, I mean, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen him do it before. So, I was like, yeah, oh, okay. then, yeah, then it was Abel then. And, I, and I'm like, no, he's always done that. He's been doing that since Taker retired. That he'll walk the type rope and then do a moonsault. And mm-hmm. he's been doing that since Taker retired because I think he didn't want to get that confused with uh, him. So, uh, Abel's impressed by that. And he's like, oh, I guess I need to watch uh, Archer more. I'm like, well, you have a wrestling <laughs> podcast. Do it. Yeah, you would think so, right? You would think so. But that was a good match. I did enjoy that one. Uh, I watched that one. Like like I said, they slugged the hell out of each other in that match. 
Two uh, big meaty men slapping meat, if you will. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> so what'd you think of that one? I, you know, I mean, yeah, man. You're just talking about two titans, man. Like, this would have been a perfect WWE match. This is what you would have seen on uh, any any given WWE to just two big mountainous dudes throwing each other around. I mean, it was fine, you know. Yeah. Uh, I think Camarado needs a gimmick um, other than just being big. But, I mean, I, 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 you know what? I sound like a WWE <laughs> guy when I say shit like that. And I know, yeah. I know that. <clears throat> but I know I like characters. You know what I mean? Certain guys well, can get away with it, but other guys can't. I think Nick is coming out on his own by doing the crazy kind of berserker type of gimmick that he's slowly getting into because before he was just the big guy, but now he's kind of doing that ultimate warrior type of craziness with the hair and the streamers and everything. So he's slowly getting a character where his faction partner, Aaron Solo is just still just there. Floundering around. Yeah, I agree. So just there. So uh, next up, we have Swerve in Our Glory, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland uh, against Suzuki Goon, which is uh, El Desperado and uh, 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 Kanemaru. And okay. <clears throat> uh, Swerve in Our Glory won that one. There's some little heated tension between Swerve and uh, Keith Lee because they're still kind of going that the, the bitter rivals tag team partner type storyline. But Swerve is just crazy amazing in that ring. Yeah, I never would have guessed that, man. Watching one in WWE. Well, I remember seeing him in uh, Lucha Underground as Killshot, and that, oh, and and okay. he was he was really good there. And so you know, Swerve is just he, he he's just crazy talented. He's mm-hmm. just so talented. So, I mean, he, he I don't want to say he's, I don't want to be all those guys like oh he's got a bright future. No. He's talented and he needs, he, again, he should have a bigger spot or a bigger uh, spotlight or a match, you know, thing on the show to highlight. I that. agree. That's the curse like of, that. of AEW, though, man. I mean, I hate to sound like that guy, but they got so much people. <laughs> so many, too many people. Too many, <clears throat> too many people. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it is what it is. But yeah, uh, they won. Uh, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, you know, I thought it was good. Um, I always liked Keith Lee or since I've discovered him uh, through my wife. He's just mm-hmm. surprisingly agile for his size and what he can do. Um, and Swerve, again, like, uh, that's another guy, like, to your point, that just wasn't realizing, realizing his potential in WWE. It was just, I think he was a victim of them just trying to sign everybody that way and nobody else could have him. You know what I mean? I get a little bit. I get a little bit of that too. Um, I know I listened to a podcast that he did when he uh, when he interviewed with Jericho, and he said that when WWE hired him, they brought him in because they saw his match with Darby Allen, and how smooth mm. he was, and how smooth he was in the ring. And he was talking about how originally they wanted to call him, uh, uh, was it? I think it was Scott Smooth Strickland, but then he wanted to use Swerve because of his uh, hip hop roots. And his love for uh, uh, Kanye West, so it's oh, okay. like with Swerve, <clears throat> and I mean, you just watch him in the ring; he's just so he's so good. Yeah. I mean, he hit okay. Just just as an example, Chain, he hit an Irish whip where the guy fell down. Then he rolled on the guy to roll him up into a leg lock with that wrapped around his knee, pulled the guy up into a sit down power bomb, and he did it without hesitation or having to pause 
to kind of get the move off. He did it in just a finesse, a, a finesse way. So, yeah, it's solid, man. Yeah, yeah, completely solid. Just, yeah, Swerve is, you know, he's becoming one of my favorites. He's becoming one of my favorites just of how That's good awesome. he is. So, uh, I like that. I, I, I definitely enjoyed that one. Uh, and I can't wait to see what Swerve does next. Yes. So yeah. next match, this is when we sent the kids to the other room. We turned the volume up because we had the acclaimed in the gun club <laughs> <laughs> versus oh. versus Unamara and the LA Dojo, which is Alex Coughlin, DKC, and Kevin Knight. And if you know it, and if you've ever heard the of the acclaimed, you know why we send the kids out of the room and we turn the volume up. Oh gosh, yeah. Platinum Max Caster is golden on the mic. He's golden yeah. on the mic. People will say that oh, he's just ripping off John Cena. He's just ripping off John Cena when he had his rap gimmick. If no, if John Cena if John Cena was the rapper that he that he used to be in today's current market, Max Caster would have him for lunch. Oh, he would. Yeah, he would. Yeah, I say he would annihilate him. He he would roast him. Yes. Cena was doing something that he ripped off of uh, r truth that when he was doing it. Max mm -hmm. Caster is just spitting heat. He is just speeding heat. No cap. He is taking <laughs> busting it. FR. <laughs> no cap. Damn it. He, <laughs> but he, <sighs> he's doing it different stuff every week. He's not just saying rhyming words as he pauses for 10 seconds like Cena used to do. Right. He's hitting a beat. He's getting it going. He's making it entertaining. Off the dome, if you will. <clears throat> and the match was okay. The, the match was okay. Yeah. And, but I had a problem with this match. Oh. And we kind of discussed this later on in, in the night when we were watching it. When the match started, when they rang the bell, Dan Housen appear on the screen, and yeah, we all pop, yay, Dan Housen, yay! But then he, he, then he's like, I got a present for you, ass boys, and he plays the new ass boys themed, which causes the uh, Austin and Colton to run off, mm -hmm. and that was it. Yeah, it was kind of a weird way to take them out of the match. I agree. There's no payoff. There's no payoff for that. Yeah. I mean, your only payoff would have been either a, Hookhausen comes out and replaces them for the mm -hmm. tag match. They win to set up future storylines. Or B, Gun Club comes back later on in the match, and them coming back at the end of the match, right whenever uh, one of their guys gets pinned. Yeah, you have to have story. So, and there, it just wasn't there. There's there's no payoff for that thing, that event. I love Dan Housen, I do, but oh, yeah. this, but this, that, that was kind of necessary. Yeah. Felt unnecessary. It did. So, I mean, what were, what were your thoughts on this match? Because overall, the match was decent. Yeah, it was, a, it was like the three young lions from New Japan Strong, right? Yes. So, um, and you know, they're all up and coming guys. I mean, they definitely. I mean, I'll be honest with you. This is the kind of first time they hit my radar. So, I mean, yeah, I'm not yeah. well versed in them, but like, you got to start them off somewhere. You know, what I mean, you got to get them involved in something big, and this is definitely something that we carry over to their uh, their programming and yes, and shit like that. Um, you know. At this point, the Ass Boys or the Gun Club <laughs> are like synonymous with uh, Danhausen. Like yeah. Danhausen made their careers, man. Let's be honest. Yep. Like, so for him, to, like you said, just come out and be like, "Ah, right, yes, here's a song of some sorts," and then that was it. Like, wait, wait, what? Like, 
what the hell's going on? You yeah, know, what, what, spoilers. What's the what's spoilers. The Blood and Guts definitely made up for it, but yeah. Oh, it did? Okay. Yeah. I haven't watched it yet. Um, I got I, I got maybe 20 minutes in before I starting stopping it to record this. Gotcha. So, I'll watch it afterwards. <clears throat> yeah. But yeah, that, that match was decent. I mean, the match was decent. The whole bunch of new young guys work at, who got to work with uh, Billy Gunn, you know, who is a legend, who is a, a really good worker, very oh, yeah. old school. So they they definitely got the rub off of him. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this element confused me. And it didn't, as for a pay-per-view, it didn't make sense. It was just a squeeze squeeze Dean Housing in for the big yeah. housing fans. It, yeah, yeah. Which is fine, but <clears throat> do more with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So next matchup you have is Suzuki and Le Sex Gods, which is Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara, along with Ty Conte versus Eddie Kingston, Shota Yumino, and Willer Yuta. Shota, however, is the son of New Japan referee Red Shoes. But you would not know that unless you either watch New Japan or you saw the vignette that aired before this match. Did, did his son wear red shoes in, in honor of his father? No. All Weird. he did was have a better conditioner for his hair. <laughs> right. That was it. Uh, so uh, this match, very back and forth. It was more technical slash, um, what's it like, test of strength between uh, uh, Kingston and, uh, and uh, Suzuki, back and forth, mm-hmm. back and forth with the chops. Suzuki and Jer- uh, Suzuki, not Jericho, uh, Suzuka and Wheeler Yuta, with, you know, Yuta being like the new uh, popular up and comer, mm-hmm. and him going up, up against uh, Sammy Guevara as well, which honestly, that's a dream match waiting to happen Guevara versus Yuta. Uh, oh god yeah i want to see that in the future but but i mean overall it was a good match i mean of course he had hijinks because ty conti was there and if you watched uh sammy's vlog then you'd know that uh ty conti is a big uh suzuki mark and she missed a couple spots because she was marking out while watching suzuki in the ring Uh getting to work with suzuki so uh she admitted that she missed some things because she was you know marking out that's uh, funny. It's, it's it's pretty funny, but overall, it was a good match. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I didn't check it out for this one. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was cool, man. I mean, I don't. I know there's some people out there who complain about Suzuki uh, with the whole slapping thing, but I think I guess you just have to be on the wavelength to get it and understand it and be with it. You know what I mean, yeah, like he's just an old school, uh, you know, bare knuckles fighter kind of guy, man. He just he beat the shit out of you. He's like, he's kind of like the, you know. The older elder statesman of yeah. like what Kingsman or uh, what Kingston is, uh, you know, now like just a beat him up, whoop your ass kind of dude. Suzuki is the epitome of strong style. He is the right. epitome of that. Um, so fun. Here, here's some fun facts about Suzuki. He is a former MMA cage fighter. He has that background uh, where you know he would fight people for real and win. He's not one of those guys that goes and has a couple matches, has a decent win-loss record, and then comes back. No. He fought people and won. He did that. Asuka's final match, Asuka in WWE, her final match, she handpicked Suzuki to take her out. Oh, that's right, dude. Yeah, go if you go watch, if you go YouTube this match, if you're able to because of uh, how violent it is. Asuka wanted Suzuki to beat the crap out of her. That way, in the Japanese fans' eyes, 
there is no way for Asuka to come back to New Japan. So he whooped her ass. Oh he God, put yeah. the feet down on her. If you thought the foot soldiers whooping Raph's ass in the first Turtles movie was bad, this is times 10. <laughs> this is times 10. Oh, yeah, it was vicious. I mean, I, I watched that. It was uh, not nice. <laughs> no, it, it was not nice. It was very evil. <laughs> yeah, very evil and not anywhere near nice. But Suzuki is, he is a mean crazy bastard he he is just he, he's scary he, he is very scary so yes. uh, to see him team with jericho and go up against the other guys i mean people were wanting to see this guy he, he's definitely someone that you want to watch so oh, yeah. definitely. I, I i enjoy this match because i i love suzuki uh he, he's fun to watch just because he's crazy ass old man uh <laughs> and it, it was great oh yeah so, uh, so next up, we got our uh, three-way tag match. We have uh, FTR versus United Empire versus Rapongi Vice. This is, I like this match, man. This was a good match. This was yeah. a th- this was a decent match. I did check out here and there a few times, not not by choice, but because I was getting uh, uh, notifications about freelance work, and I was contacting or talking back with the person. Because they wanted some work, and I'm like, you know, toward the end, I started responding back. Yeah. But uh, there's a reason why all these guys are good. Uh, there's a reason why Rapongi Vice was so successful in New Japan. There's a reason why Great Okan and Jeff Cobb are the powerhouse uh, wrestlers tag team that tag team wrestlers that they are. Uh, especially Jeff Cobb, you know, Kim's cousin. Uh, <laughs> dude, that dude is like a stout little fucking just. That dude's like he's like a human bulldog. He is. He is. And there's a reason why they call them, you know, six star FTR because they deliver uh, dude, a story. A storyline. time. A storyline was involved in this match with with a, a story injury uh, to kind of build up some uh, tension. Even though, uh, well, I'll, I'll, we'll talk about that later on after the after the pay per view about the other things that have happened with this uh, show, but uh, yeah, great match. I enjoyed it. Uh, lots of fun. Uh, so what were your thoughts? Uh, you know, I really kind of got a better idea of United Empire's tag team here. Uh, uh-huh. I really enjoyed great O'Conn. Um, he's, he's, <laughs> he kind of reminds me of like a, a street fighter character with a hat and the pants and just you know, the way he carries himself like an old, like Japanese, like, warlord or something is yes yes really cool uh jeff cobb is just continues to impress me every time i watch him i think what this i think what holds him back quote unquote uh from other big companies like wwe and stuff like that is the fact that he's just so short for his size he's very much like taz like he reminds me of taz he he does he does and he's just a suplex machine like taz i mean definitely not a system that's broke so don't need to be fixed but he's i think he's Fantastic and FTR just I mean what can you say about FTR that you know I mean they're just they're a freaking badass tag team dude and they were they and they made the right decision leaving to go to uh greener pastures if you ask me. Yeah, very much true. Uh so yeah, that this this match was great. Uh I enjoyed it, you liked it, you know, just overall fun match. <clears throat> overall oh, yeah. fun match. Uh we have now we got the uh the four way for the uh all the brand new 
AEW All Atlantic Championship. We had Pac or Pac, uh, <laughs> Miro, Malachi Black, and filling in for a Tanaha- for Takahashi, Clark Connors. Clark now, Connors. Now the thing about this match is that I didn't really know who Clark Connors Clark Connors was. Same. But halfway through the match, he was getting over. Yeah, he, was he was really getting over. So that that was surprising to me. And honestly, I thought Miro had this match. I thought this was going to be Miro's match. Oh, uh, finally, he's finally going to get a title. And that didn't happen. We uh, Pack ended up winning the belt, which is great for Pack. Great for Pack. Sure, sure, absolutely. Uh, but I was hoping that Miro would win it because when Miro had the uh, the TNT title, no, yeah, the TNT title, mm-hmm. he was a good champion. Oh yeah, dude, he, he was. He, he, was TV. he was a good champion. I mean, he was the epitome of what a champion should do, without even needing a storyline. He, you know, you hear the trumpets play. He came out to that Spartan type music. And oh, yeah. you had a match. You had a match. Uh, he was. He he went. He went from being the best man to God's champion, which I thought was a great gimmick that he had going. Oh hell yeah! Don't, so, don't forget his hot wife. Yeah, and his hot wife. <laughs> she is. I follow her on Instagram. Indeed. Uh, <laughs> but this was a good match. Uh, I didn't have any expectations for clock for Connors. Uh, but he did impress me a lot. Uh, I, w- I wanted to see Miro and Malachi go more one-on-one for this mm-hmm. belt. Because uh, I like both of them. I definitely like both of them. Yeah, definitely. So uh, this was a good match. A good fatal four-way for a title that honestly sounds kind of cheesy. All-Atlantic <laughs> Championship. It's kind of a throwback title, man. Why not just call it, why not just call it the Three Rivers Championship? Just call it Three Rivers. Three Rivers Championship. Just call I don't know. You know. Three Rivers yeah. Championship and then just have it do that. So what did you think of this match? I thought it was great, man. I mean, all, all the competitors were solid. Like you, the uh, was it Clark Connors? Yeah, Clark Connors. Uh, what was that video game uh, on Nintendo back in the day? Back in the day? Bayou, Bayou Billy? Billy? Yeah, you remind <laughs> me of Bayou Billy. Um, did. But uh, no, it's great, man. Of course, I always expect great stuff out of Pac and and Miro and, and Malachi, uh, and I, you know, wasn't you know wasn't looked down there. So nope, it was that was entertaining, very engaging the whole time. All the guys were you know, you know, looking all cylinders, man. If you ask me. Yep, I mean, I'm a little disappointed that Takahashi Time Bomb uh, couldn't be in this match, but it was good, you know, without him either. It, yeah, it was pretty absolutely. good without him either. So Everything I can't complain on that. Yeah, that is very true. Next up, we had Dudes with Attitudes versus One Night Only Bullet Club. And so the original part of this match was that, um, well, who was in it? Who, who got injured? Uh, um, who was, one of the Bullet Club guys, right? No, no, it was the Dudes with Attitudes. Someone got injured with Dudes with Attitudes. No, no, wait. I got I got everything mixed up. <clears throat> I got it mixed up. And the four-way match, it was Ishii was supposed to be in there. The Ishii was supposed to be in the four-way. Oh, yeah, yeah. Time Bomb was supposed to be a part of Dudes with Attitudes. That's right. That's right. <clears throat> time was supposed to be Time Bomb. Because Ta- Takagi is from LIJ. Time Bomb is from LIJ. So it was supposed to be LIJ and Sting and Darby versus Bullet Club. And That's Ishii right. uh, got injured. 
and Connors took his spot. That's so, right. yeah, I got that I got that mixed up, and sorry about that. Got that mixed. We up. all forgive you, Aaron. Yeah. It's okay. But time bomb, <laughs> uh, got he got sick. They pulled him, and instead of replacing him with somebody like Matt Hardy or somebody like um, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. or Griff Garrison or whatever, uh, they just made it a six man. Yeah, that's right. Which was cool uh, to see. I mean, it's cool to see the Bucks come out to the Bullet Club theme song and they were wearing their old Bullet Club gear. That was that was a good was throwback. Cool. Um, but El Fantasmo got a spotlight in a in a <laughs> in a AEW match, and I love El Fantasmo. I've told you and your wife to watch him. He's entertaining. He he he's just a lot of fun, uh, and we got to see that. Especially I, kept thinking, he, I kept thinking El Fantasma anytime you would tell me about him. I kept thinking you were telling me about the little guy with the skeleton mask or whatever. No, no, no. That's Bone Soldier. That's uh, oh, Ishimari. That's okay. Ishimari. Uh, El Fantasma has the light-up jacket, uh, and he does the back rakes, the, the hilarious <laughs> back rakes. It was pretty funny, man. He's, he's, he's uh, unique. He's kind of like a comedy act a little bit. Oh, he is. But, see – I compare him to Orange Cassidy, where Orange Cassidy is a comedy act that has fun being a comedy act to get people to laugh. El Phantasm is a comedy act, but he's being serious about it, which makes it even funnier because he's a heel. <laughs> like yep. distracting the ref to literally punch a guy in the balls to, to take him out. <laughs> and, and he's not being discreet about it. He literally like winds up and punches and Falcon punches them in the balls. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's hilarious. It, he, he's funny. So yes. that this, this is my um, runner up for match of the night because of really? uh, just how entertaining it was. We got to see mm -hmm. the young bucks working together. We got to see super kick party. We got to see sting dive off the entrance way at the very beginning of the match. I mean, that crazy old bastard, man. Wow. You know, for somebody who wrestles more times a year than The Undertaker does. Yeah, seriously. I mean, he, he stays in good shape. He does. He, stay, he, he does. stays healthy. So, what were your thoughts on this match? I thought it was great, man. Like I said, I, I got a better idea about Fantasmo, which I need to pay more attention to him. Because if, he, <laughs> if he's wrestling like that, dude, that's that's yep. fun. You know what I mean? That keeps it interesting. Um, yep. You know, because, I mean, for me, Bullet Club, uh, when I first got back into wrestling and started watching it with you and everybody else, like, um, you know, y'all you know, had all the Bullet Club shirts, I was not clued in. And I feel like I was jumping back into wrestling at the hype of, you know, the, the, the Bullet Club powers. But yeah. I feel like they're kind of gaining ground again with some of the talent they have in, in Bullet Club again. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. So. Definitely. So, but yeah. That's that's my that's my runner up match of the night. I, I'm just gonna lay, lay that out right there. Runner up. And I love the Bucks, man, but god dang it, they're they're kind of <laughs> getting old a little bit sometimes. Do you know what I mean? Don't don't, like, don't you start don't you start pulling that flippy dippy stuff? No, it's nothing about flippy dippy. Honestly, okay. it's about BTE. Like okay. uh, the, yeah, the, uh, the yeah, slow motion the bullshit and all yeah, that stuff. I'm like, yeah, the, okay. Yeah, the, the show is getting kind of. It's they okay, lost the, they lost a lot of their talent that they used for the show. Yes. In favor of talent that I don't want on the show. I mean, I don't want Ryan Ziggler on there anymore. I, I get no. him off of that. He's boring. Yes, <laughs> super boring. <clears throat> so next up, we got Thunder Rosa versus Tony Storm, and 
I like, Thun- I like Thunder Rosa. I do. Yeah. I don't like her as champion because she hasn't done anything to like get herself over. Like, you know, there's no promos. There's no online work. She has her own YouTube show that she doesn't use to her advantage to, per, you know, to keep promoting mm-hmm. herself as the champion. I agree. She's, she's not doing it. I mean, when Sammy was TNT champion on his vlog, on his vlog or vlog, whatever you want to call it, he was promoting himself as the champion. Yeah. When the Bucks were the tag team champions for a, for a New Japan, they were promoting the hell out of it on their BTE show. Uh, Kenny, yeah. when Kenny Omega was the champion, they were promoting that all over BTE. When the when the the Good Brothers were champions and they guest on BTE, they were promoting that. You highlight yourself on your own shows to build yourself as a champion, and she's yeah. not. She doesn't do that. And I made the comment. At, I made the comment during this match. I'm like, man, with Thunder Rosa, it was it was more exciting to see her chase the belt than what than what she's done with the belt. You know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. And, and she suffers from Hangman syndrome, where we love her. I mean, we love the character. We love you know her as a wrestler, but she hasn't done anything with it as a champion. She just hasn't done anything. And that's kind of the exactly. disappointing. That's really disappointing. So, what were your thoughts on this match? Uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I love Thunder Rosa's appearance, her look, her, her fire in the ring, and stuff like that. She's a great wrestler. Yeah. Um, I think a big part of it also is who she's wrestling with. I feel like Tony Storm uh, lost something between WWE and AEW. And I'm she, not talking about her butt. I'm talking about like <laughs> I was her, say she, she lost some of that cake. She did. She did. But she's lost some of her flair for the for the the sport i think that's just me guessing but she just doesn't have that intensity and how many how many uh freaking you know flipping dvts do i need to see from one wrestler in one match like again that's just me armchair quarterbacking but like she just doesn't do it for me in AEW. uh but thunder rosa is always solid man i mean i i always enjoy her just do something else i mean give her something give her put her in a faction give her a faction make her the leader of a faction i mean thunder rosa is a good talent tony storm is a good talent this match just felt like two faces wrestling, putting on an yeah. exhibition. There was no story. There was no nothing there. Exactly. And Thunder Rosa is that happy-go-lucky face half-painted wrestler, but she doesn't have a, a character or a gimmick. You know, there, there's nothing there. Finn Balor as a face Ugh. would still do heelish things every so often to kind of, you know, to show that, oh, he's, he's just suppressing the demon for now. But when yeah. the demon comes out, it's bad news. So he'd always wrestle with that, you know, like he's in pain and he's trying to suppress the demon. Yeah. That's that storyline. Thunder Rosa doesn't really have anything that she does. And that's kind of disappointing because she's super over. People love her, but she doesn't do anything. She's a, She falls in that same category as Aaron Solo, super talented. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of your looks and your face paint, what do you do? You know, what else, what else is there? There's what other substance do you have? Do you think, uh, do you think, um, Dustin Rhodes is falling short of, uh, training the women over there? Do you think they need more, uh, better, if, better leadership or better training? What's the deal that, there? That's if Dustin's even doing training. I mean, oh, yeah, if his brother left, Dustin, is he still there? Is he even doing anything? Is he just phoning it in? Is Regal taking over? I mean, have these yeah. women develop a character, you know, have them do something, you know, to I get, agree. you know, to have attitudes. That, I mean, really the, their best character 
female talent is not Britt Baker. Britt Baker just cuts great promos, but it's Jade Cargill because she's a character. She personifies mm-hmm. her gimmick. Yeah, she's still green in the ring, no doubt about it, but she is a great character. Uh, right. I mean, that's what, that's what you need to work on. You know, just do something like that. Agreed. So, next up, this is my match of the night. This is my match of the night. Will Ospreay versus Orange Cassidy. <laughs> I would not it. have guessed that either, yeah. This was it. They had the comedy act to it. It had the flippy dippies. It had the technical wrestling. It had the reversals. It had everything. This was a good, straightforward match. If you wanted to showcase, uh, we, we saw a little bit of what Orange Cassidy could do when he, when he, went, up, when he went up against Pac the first time. Mm-hmm. We, saw, we saw what he can do. We saw what he could do character-wise when he went up against Jericho. That was character right. versus character. With Pac, it was talent versus talent. This was a mixture of both with mm-hmm. Will Ospreay. And it was a great, to me, it was a great match. Yes. Back and forth, the comedies, the superhero landings, all of it. <laughs> I loved it. The false finishes, I don't care. All, all you whiny old wrestling fans from Connecticut with the false finish who hate false finishes, this was a good match because you didn't know who was going to win. I had hoped Osprey was win just because I wanted him and you know his team to have a victory throughout their uh, AEW tour. Right. He got it. That was great. Great match. What were, what were your thoughts? Will Ospreay is just a, a super good fucking wrestler, man. He's super talented. Uh, you know, <laughs> looks kind of like a goober <laughs> to me, but, you know, he makes silly he look, faces. He, he looks but. like somebody that says busting all the time. He does, yeah. He looks like he looks like a, you know, like a like a mall kid, but he's uh, you know, he's definitely a talented, uh, you know, just a talented wrestler, man. I mean, you know, regardless of what you think about these newer generations of wrestlers, uh, he definitely carries the torch, man. And Orange is always just, you know, he always surprises me. You know, what I mean, like uh, yeah. he's got that element of surprise to him. We're not sure if he's going to be completely joking the whole time or if. Uh, yep. He's gonna turn it up and, and go full force. And when he goes full force, man, it, it's he's he's hype. He gets he gets you into it. He does. He definitely does. It's awesome. So yeah, I enjoyed this match. I really did. Uh, and yeah, I, I I'm, I've watched it. I think one once since uh, Sunday. I watched it. I think two. I think I watched it yesterday, Tuesday. So yeah, nice. yeah, great, just great match. So next up it was the mystery match. So along <laughs> with the curse along with the curse of injuries <coughs> leading up to this pay-per-view, or curse of injuries, illnesses, sicknesses, whatever you want to call it. Um, it was originally supposed to be Zach Saber <coughs> versus Daniel Bryan. Everything okay over there? Yeah, yeah, I'm fine. Sorry. Okay. It was supposed to be Daniel Bryan versus Will, not Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson versus Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. No, Brian Danielson versus Zack Sabre Jr. Damn it, That's I keep it getting was. people messed up. <laughs> but Danielson's injured. He is injured. And so he had to pull out the match. And he, and he teased the week before, I've got somebody that I believe that's going to be the that's, – that's a new member of uh, you know, the Blackpool Fight Club or Combat <laughs> Club uh, group. That's gonna. That's a very technical base wrestler. That's gonna fight Zack Saber Jr. 
and the internet went rampant with their thoughts, their theories, their guesses, everything. You, we had Johnny Gargano, we had uh, Cesaro, Chris Hero came up a few times. Wow, really? Lots of people came up. Um, I'm trying to think. A Sonata came up a few times. Kenta came up uh, because oh, Kenta's because nice. uh, Kenta's uh, feud with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson and ROH. So several names came up, several theory. And one theory was that it was going to be uh, that it was going to be a uh, William Regal as the uh, the fighter to, <sighs> to go up against Zack Sabre Jr. I probably would have been pretty cool. It wouldn't have been no uh, no five star match or anything. That would have been no. fun, but yeah. So they get out there, they like you know they, they they the fights go out, everything's silent, and then we get Cesaro, aka Claudio Castanoli, makes his AEW debut. Going back to his ROH ring name, and it was great. He was a good wrestler. Uh, I was I was kind of checking out of this match a little bit here and there, not because I don't like Cesaro or uh, Claudio. It's because I find Zack Saber Jr. a little bit boring. He reminds me of like Barry Allen in wrestler form <laughs> from The Flash. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but I always find Zack Saber Jr. a little bit boring, just because he's so technical that. Uh, you have to wait till the middle of the match for before you start to see the story and you start to see his character. So that that's yeah. just my thoughts. What are your thoughts, Chris? Yeah, I agree. I think uh, I haven't been exposed to too much of Zack Sabre Jr., but yeah, he's uh, definitely slow. He's a slow burn. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely a slow that's, burn. That's definitely, but that's like his whole shtick, <clears throat> right? Like he's like a methodical, take you apart wrestler or something like that. Yeah, we call a catch as catch can or whatever. That that's that that's the thing that we use for technical guys. Pretty much. Yeah, but uh, Cesaro, I think, was you know a great choice. I mean, obviously, I think it's probably it's in my opinion one of the worst kept secrets on the internet. But you know, <laughs> well, the thing is, is that people assume it's going to be Gargano. People were Gargano is turning into wrestling Mephisto at this point. Wrestling <laughs> Mephisto. He's turning into wrestling <laughs> Mephisto where people think he's going to show up ev- anywhere and everywhere because they want him to. That's funny. Good point, though. <laughs> so. uh, no, that was great, man. I, I, I mean, I, 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 up to this point, it's, it was an enjoyable match. And, you know, side note, it was nice to not have to be cooking food the whole time. So it was actually <laughs> I can watch with everybody. But, yeah. You know? Yeah, overall. Yeah, again, overall, decent match. Yeah, Zack Sabre Jr. is definitely a slow burn. And that's yes. no knock against him. No. You just have to have the patience for that slow burn. And... I don't have that patience most of the time. That's probably why I was never really a big Bret Hart fan was because I don't have that patience for slow, te- slow technical uh, matches. It took me a long time to appreciate Bret Hart, you know, as a wrestling fan. I'm still so. trying to. I'm still trying to. Honestly, to me, his merch is more entertaining than he is. So <laughs> that's uh, fine. <laughs> so, <clears throat> so next up, we have the fiddle four way for the IWGP World Heavyweight championship we have jay white versus hangman adam page versus okada versus adam cole now going into this match there were rumors already that adam cole was injured going into this match there was was already that that he was injured at the previous pay-per-view from when his from his match with uh was it hangman i believe so yeah <clears throat> no, uh, no, no! It was the uh, the Bret Hart, not the Bret Hart, the Owen Hart title. 
Oh, shit. Uh, That's right. Good thing. It... Crap, <laughs> I forget. But um, there were rumors going in that, Ke- that Cole was already injured with his, uh, with his shoulder. He already had a shoulder injury. Yeah. So the match overall was good, was decent to good. It didn't start. I mean, my only issue I had was basically everybody reversed the Raymaker move from Okada. They just ducked. So Okada only hit his move once on the person who didn't get pinned. Well, it seems odd, right? Yeah, it seems odd, especially if, you know, that's, that's a short lariat. He should be able to hit it on multiple people, but yeah. he didn't. So uh, Jay White retained uh, because it's Jay White. I mean, he's been pretty much on fire for the last year uh, with representing New Japan in America. He, he's been the guy to represent New Japan in America. While Okada is the face of New Japan, Jay White, I believe, is the uh, mouthpiece for New Japan just because of his exposure to the to yeah. uh, everything. So uh, overall, he, he retained. Overall, it was a good match. Um, Hangman got a giant pop again because it's Hangman. He's super over. People love him, but they don't like him whenever he wins, whenever he gets a title. It's so weird, yeah. Yeah, with, with Hangman, it's you know people love to see him chase the title, but when he wins it, they don't care anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. It was great to see Okada mix it up with Adam Cole and mix it up with Hangman. Uh, I do yeah. want to see a Hangman versus Okada match in the future. I'm not an Okada fan because I see him as New Japan Cena, but <laughs> I can enjoy his matches. I can enjoy his matches. My wife loves Okada. Well, I know she took the shirt. Uh, so, so a little backstory. A little backstory. If you, I think it was last year, I bought some mystery shirts from uh, Pro Wrestling Tees, and one of them was an Okada shirt. And, I, and I, in our group chat, I'm like, "Hey, who wants this Okada shirt? It's free." And Chris goes, "I do." So I gave it to Chris. Two weeks later, your wife is like, "Yeah, it's my shirt. It's my yeah. shirt." So I'm like, "Oh, uh, sorry, Chris." Marriage life, I guess, right? Yeah, pretty much. It happens. <clears throat> <laughs> So she was wearing that, and so she's had an Okada shirt since then. But yes. he is entertaining. I don't like him, but I love his matches because he puts on good matches. Sure, sure, absolutely. So this match was great. I mean, this match was decent to good. Um, again, I think because of what happened toward the end with Adam Cole suffering injuries with the shoulder, them having to kind of change up the ending for the match, uh, yeah. that, that kind of put a damper on it. But over, But up until that point, the match was good. So what are your thoughts? I This was my first time really get exposed to, uh, you know, Jay White as a, you know, a, a wrestler. Because, I mean, yeah. again, I, I, I don't get to watch too much in New Japan. Like, she watches it way more than I do. Again, because yeah. I just haven't worked all the time. But <clears throat> okay. um, I enjoy him. It's, it's weird to see his, hear his name said in, like, regular English. Because, <laughs> like, <laughs> anytime I come, like, I hear his name, it's like, Japanese, Japanese, uh, Jay White, you know, so it's like, this is kind of funny, but, um, <laughs> no, he's, he's, he seems like he's, you know, a good torchbearer for, uh, the New Japan's, uh, Bullet Club leadership there, you know, and yep. Okada was not bad, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm kind of like you, I think Okada just kind of seems to be like the, uh, the golden boy of New Japan as far as their super faces and super faces or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So. I, I mean, to me with, with Okada is Okada, he doesn't have many facial expressions. His face always looks like he smelled something bad. Like he, somebody farted in his general <laughs> direction. And he's got the same face 
all the time. He's got the same like <laughs> unsmelling soiled milk all the time. He's like, all of you wrestlers stink. I'm the only one that's great. <laughs> you all smell like Old Spice. I smell like money. Oh, God. <laughs> but he's got that face, and there's no other expression that he has. So That's a fair assessment. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but this was the longest match. This one ran at 21 minutes for this match. Um, yeah, and again, it was good. Uh, the mm-hmm. ending kind of hurts a little bit because of what was supposed to happen. But storytelling, I guess, in this match with, you know, everybody hitting their specials, everybody hitting things, but except for uh, Okada only hit his Rainmaker once. Uh, and everybody everybody dodged and ducked the, the Rainmaker all the time. It, it just, it, it felt, it made Okada look... Weak? Not weak, but but lesser of a threat. He wasn't oh, a big gotcha. threat. That's fair. I, I mean, his dropkick was amazing. He had a, an amazing dropkick. Yeah, um, but yeah, no doubt. He, he just didn't look as a top star in this match as he would as what he should have. So <clears throat> yeah, that's and, that, and that's it. Uh, so final match, this is it: Moxley versus Tanahashi. The Ace versus John Moxley. So uh, this was for the interim. Uh, AEW champion because CM Punk is injured, uh, who should be back, and I think within two or three weeks he'll be back by oh, the okay. by the air by the airing of this episode. He should be <laughs> back with he should be back within two to three weeks. Um, the match was good overall; it was good. Uh, Tanahashi is kind of uh, from what I've heard in the backstage. Uh, he's super nice to his fans. He loves his fans. But to other wrestlers, Tanahashi's kind of a dick. He's Why kind of uh, he's kind of a diva. He pulls off a lot of diva. Um, Jericho has, has commented on Tanahashi a few times to where um, Tanahashi tried to bully his way in a match. Jericho has to set him straight during the match to, to embarrass him, and wow. they're good. <clears throat> so there's there, there, there's been some issues with Tanahashi. That's uh, crazy. To me, he kind of reminds me of like old like 1990s Triple H with. Uh, <laughs> His moveset and his attitude a little bit. Yeah. Uh, and I can kind of see that. But uh, my, but Tanahashi's going up against Moxley, someone who's a very hardcore-style brawler. Who's no not really... Yeah. Someone who's not really... He's worked with that type of person before. So, of course, like any other John Moxley match, John starts bleeding. He's got the Cody Rhodes curse of, you know, <laughs> tying his shoes, he's bleeding, like profusely. Uh, it was a good match back and forth. I can tell there are some times where Tanahashi was trying to sandbag Mox. There are some times when Tanahashi was not wanting to do or sell moves for Mox and Mox kind of had to, you know, give him some receipts to get him to work with him. Uh, there were some botches. There were some mistakes. I think, I think those kind of fell on, uh, 75% Tanahashi part, 25% Mox of just getting fed up with, Tanahashi. I so, never guessed, man. I never would have guessed it'd been like kind of guy. Yeah, but uh, overall, it was a decent match. Uh, Moxley won. He's interim champion until uh, Punk comes back, and then we'll have Punk versus uh, Mox, which is to be a dream match. So, what did you think mm-hmm. of this match? Um, I, you know what, I man? 
again, uh, I'm not too versed on Tanahashi. I know he's a big deal for a lot of uh, wrestling fans. Yeah. Um, to me, he seems like he's an elder statesman and okay. kind of sluggish in the ring, kind of like Jericho sluggish. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so maybe I just haven't watched enough of him in his glory days, but I feel like his best days were behind him uh, performance-wise. Okay. Uh, and I think him, him versus Moxley, Moxley winning was a foregone conclusion. I couldn't see it how the logistics would have worked out for Tanahashi to be the AEW interim champion. You yeah. know what I mean? So to give you kind of a, uh, like, a, I guess a, a, some old backstory to it, when Nakamura left New Japan, Mm-hmm. Tanahashi was basically his picked replacement to kind of carry the torch for New Japan and Nakamura's absence. Okay. Um, unfortunately, while Tanahashi has that kind of rock star air guitar type of gimmick to where, you know, he's full of energy. He's the ace. Uh, he's all that, but he's not really all of that. It was like it was like whenever uh, like when basically Cena left WWE to go do whatever, uh, whatever he wanted, and uh, we got we got Orton, and yeah. not current Orton that's team with Riddle, but Orton where he was just kind of like pausing every five words to sell a story. That Orton, <laughs> the boring yeah. Orton. Yes. So that's kind of where Tanahashi's at. He's kind of the replacement we got for Nakamura whenever he left. And he just, he can't do it. He, he just can't, he can't hold the company uh, on his back. And that's when he that had. character and that intensity. No, he, and that's why Kenny Omega carried the company. That's why people like Kenny Omega, Naito, uh, Osprey's doing it. Jay White's doing it. Evil did it. Mm-hmm. That's why these people are doing it over Tanahashi. Tanahashi is the good guy, but he is just, he's got the fan connection, but he doesn't have the, but he can't hold the fans attention. He's got right. the connection, but he can't hold their attention. So that, that's, that's kind of where he's, where he's at. That's kind of what I see him as Jericho, man. Like Jericho has the same thing. And in my opinion, like, yeah, you respect Jericho because it's Jericho. You know what he's done in the industry. You know who who he's been and what he's accomplished. And he's mm-hmm. an elder statesman. He's he's you know he's a ring general himself. And, and yeah. you, you want to impart that respect to him. And I think maybe uh, in in Japan, uh, Ta- uh, Tanahashi is carrying the same torch. I think. Yep. You know. But so, no, I, all in all, I mean, it, it's a decent match. I mean, it's just again, I think the weight of that match was carried by Moxley. I think. It, it definitely was. It, it really was. Yeah. Uh, so, but yeah, that's that was the pay per view. I mean, overall, I enjoyed it. Overall, it was a lot of fun uh, to watch it. Uh, to not have the WWE events storylines that usually plague uh, other wrestling pay per views. Um, it was just because you get to watch char- you get to you get to watch characters for the most part do it. Mm-hmm. I know, with the exception of you know, Thunder Rosa, who should have a good character by now. And other people as well. Uh, it was still just fun. It was still just a lot of fun. So, I enjoyed it. I'd probably give it a seven and a half out of ten uh, overall. Again, that Will Osprey match with Orange Cassidy was that was just so much fun. That was just so much fun. Oh, I yeah. really enjoyed that. Uh, I I just can't not uh, just 
won't only a one-time view. I have to watch it multiple times. It was just fun. So that's my thoughts. <clears throat> what about you? Like, do you have any matches of the night for this pay-per-view? Uh, I think uh, probably for me, the match of the night, like you, is probably going to have to be that match with Osprey and uh, Orange Cassidy. It's the one that had me most engaged because I knew it was going to be physically entertaining and the storytelling was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the whole thing with him being disrespected by the fact that he even had to fight Orange Cassidy was really yeah. good. Um, <laughs> You know, overall for me, this this pay per view was probably maybe a five, and that's and that, admittedly though, yeah. that's because I'm you know not the world's biggest NJPW fan. I'm very much mm-hmm. a novice in that in that area, um, yeah. so I'm openly ignorant about it. But um, I feel like if I was more steeped in the lore, it would have meant more. Yeah. But you know, I like watch pay per views with my friends, and those <laughs> those are fun, and that's a lot of times why I do it. I think maybe next time if they're going to do another Forbidden Door, I would hold off until some contracts are up at other companies and the money gets thrown around to make a bigger Forbidden Door happen. Well, I think they're testing the waters because we didn't get Nido. We didn't get House of Torture. We didn't get uh, a lot of the other big stars that New Japan has. We didn't get any of the. We didn't get Tamatanga. We didn't get the G.O.D. Right. We didn't get a... Uh, uh, Juice Robinson, who's like the new, like one of the newest members of Bullet Club. We didn't get uh, Austin Ace, another new member of Bullet Club. That's what I'm saying, man. I feel like evil, there was a distinct lack. Of evil, Club Sonata, thing. evil. All these guys weren't a part of it this time, uh, especially Naito, because Naito's one of the big pillars of New Japan. He's one of the uh, people that are go tos for that company. Yeah. So to not have these guys, and then also no Kenta. We didn't have Kenta either. Yeah, man. So, I, yeah, you know what? And as we're sitting here saying this, I feel like that just furthers my point that a lot of there's a lot missing. There was a lot yeah. missing that but, could have made this a bigger thing. But with every sequel, you add more people. That's always the case. With every, with, when you have a sequel, you have more people. Yeah. So, uh, I know there's going to be a, I know there's going to be a Forbidden Door too. That's going to be a new staple for both companies because of the, because sure. of the success of this one. Uh, my only closing thoughts for this episode. Uh, and for this pay-per-view, is to go watch uh, New Japan stuff, but mainly watch, uh, like, El Fantasmo. Such an underrated talent. So underrated. He's the yeah. he's the uh, Junior Cup back-to-back champion. Uh, he's just so entertaining to watch. A uh, lot of fun watching him. Uh, anything from LIJ, Los Ingobernables, <clears throat> they're a lot of fun as well. And then also watch House of Black. Uh, yeah. Seeing evil with Kenta and those guys who are basically ja- Japanese goths, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're like they're the Japanese goth squad. <laughs> a lot of fun to watch, <clears throat> definitely a lot of fun to watch. That so would be cool with those guys versus like a house of black fight. Yeah, awesome. I was hoping for that, I was really hoping for uh, for all of that, but I hear that Buddy Murphy's injured or uh, Buddy oh. Matthews got injured. Yeah, you know, here's all the, let's talk about the injuries. So, going okay. into this pay per view, we had Takahashi got sick. He was out. Yeah. Ishimori injured. He's out. CM Punk injured. He's out. Adam Cole partially injured. Still did the pay-per-view. Injured even more. He's out. Brian Danielson injured. He's out. Uh, That's insane. Je- Jeff Hardy has his own personal demons. He's out. Mm-hmm. Uh, who else? Nothing else. I think Statlander's out was out as well. Uh, uh, yeah. <clears throat> uh, who else? 
because the, the list of names was just it kept growing. The they one guy growing. in the crowd had that sign that said "Get Will Soon," and there was like thirty names on that "Get Will Soon" sign. Yeah, there's, there's all those names. They had all those names. So yeah, you had all these people who were injured uh, leading up to this pay per view, and it's like, oh no, who's Jungle Boy was injured, so he's out. Oh, that's right. Uh. And then you have people who got fired. Stu Grayson's gone. Uh, Alan Angels is now gone from the company. Yeah, that's crazy too, man. So, so weird. Uh, Dan Housen cursed the company, and you know, this is what happened. Hey, who do you love? I love Dan Housen. All right then, but, 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 but dude, <laughs> keep the curses to a minimum. Keep right. the curses to a minimum. Tony, get him that blimp. Get him that blimp, <laughs> please, for the love of God. Yes, in <clears throat> a blimp. So, oh my God. Uh, as we exit out, Chris, where can they find you on social medias? As always, you're gonna follow me on Instagram at Chris Foreman Artist. Uh, that's where you'll see me posting a lot of uh, my art and sometimes silly memes and things of that nature. Uh, Collectomania is still on a hiatus at Collectomania Comics and Toys on Instagram. Uh, social media, as far as Facebook goes, you can just look my name up on there. I have a fan page that no one goes to, and I don't go to it. <laughs> Just go to my personal one. That's what everybody does anyway. So that is that. That is true. That is true. They, they, they can literally just search you out on Facebook. Exactly. What about and, you, man? Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> let's see. We have Front Row Negative, the YouTube channel, Front Row Negative, the Instagram, Front Row Negative, the Facebook. We're all over there. Uh, for me, I'm at Instagram at SuicideFox with two X's, I think. Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that's me. Uh, nice. I'm on Facebook, Twitter. I'm rarely ever on Twitter. I, I rarely ever go to that. Uh, I only go to that. I only I only check go to Twitter when I'm looking up drama, like you know Instagram or uh, social media drama. Yeah. Uh, like uh, companies talking trash to each other, wrestlers talking trash to each other, or somebody spotting a, a former wrestler who's got a new job at a theme park and out of him <laughs> and got him fired. Oof. <laughs> so, and God said guy fired because, hey, uh, he can't be redeemed. So, yeah. that's that, that's pretty much what uh, where I'm at. I'm on mainly Facebook and uh, Instagram. Uh, and, we have, and we have merch, too. We have shirts. Uh, so, you go to T Public, type in Front Row Negative, you'll find some of our merch. I've also got merch for other podcasts that are part of our Cross Streams Media platform for like Three Beers and Mike, Burn Appetit. And I think that ah, it's too late. I can't think of any of others. <clears throat> but just go check it out. We're on Tee Public and Redbubble. So go look for a shirt. Buy a shirt, support the artist. And go get you a non-official official shirt of other licensed properties that I have made <laughs> official fan art of that I get commissioned for by you, the lovely listener. Words. <laughs> so thank you for listening. Uh, and until next time, I am Aaron. I have been Chris. And listen, at this point, if you've been listening this long and I've talked about Poncho's at nauseum episode after episode, you don't have to go. But if you do, let me know. I'll meet you there. You know what? You said the correct, <coughs> you said the correct word in that statement. Nauseam. Ha 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 ha
The Dorksman, Secondary Heroes, The Burt Reynolds and Charles Bronson Podcast, The Dan Aykroyd Podcast, The Art of the Boar, Burn Appetite, Bearing Ain't Easy, The STS Guys, Toy Rewind, Hot Tub Beer Podcast, Which is More Gooder, and Deep Dive into a Dive Bar Podcast, and I guess Movie Cap, if you need something to fall asleep to. Blame Chase. This has been a Cross the Streams Media Podcast.